I'm Luke Young, and this is Dragonheart. Well, welcome to Dragonheart. We're back again. We are joined by Mark, Bill, and Neil, who's outside in a beautiful sunny weather. That is the most exotic background. I've ever seen in Dragonheart. <laughs> How are you all doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm under house arrest, otherwise I'd be outside as well. <laughs> He's on tag. <laughs> For a crime I didn't commit, I'm trying to plan my follow-up to Welcome to Wrexham, you see, and I think that's the sort of idea Hollywood will go for. <laughs> well, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, after this, we're going to be talking about that Eastley game. Our two next away fixtures. We're also going to talk, be talking of a few wrecks and bits and bobs, so let's not wait around too long. This is Dragonheart. I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragonheart. Well, just before the game against Eastleigh, we had an announcement that Mullen has signed an extension to his contract, which for me was fantastic news. Bill, how are you feeling after you heard those that news? It's it's um it's it's a great one, really, isn't it? You know, I I've been I've been loath to sort of uh, fall in love with Mullen just in case he's he's off somewhere else, as is usually the case when you're a Wrexham fan. But I think this this uh this contract extension has sort of sealed the deal for me. He's, he is now my favorite ever Wrexham player to have played for Wrexham over the last year. So great news. <laughs> it is great news. And I also think it is a bit of a statement, isn't it, Mark? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, we haven't lost players over the summer. Instead, we've tied one of the key ones down. I mean, let's let's not forget, I suppose, that contract extension is code for pay rise as well, isn't it? You know what I mean? But having said that, yeah, fine by me. Um, we need to keep Mullen. Mullen could become one of the, the true icons of this football club. And considering the length of our history, that's saying something. Uh, also, it means that if someone did come along and try to get him off us with an extra year on the contract, we are entitled to ask for more money than we would have been able to a week ago. So all rounds, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, it is fantastic. And to be honest with you, it's it's nice to keep it's nice to make sure we've got him for another year. And I think he will definitely stay for another season. But Neil, he he is a true modern icon of this football club, isn't he? He's everyone sings about him. He's he was our best player by far last season. It, it just yeah. means a lot that he wants to stay. His goal scoring ability is, is plain to see, you know, top scorer in the league last season with the Golden Boot Award and and you can see that he loves the club, he loves the fans, he loves the fans singing for him. And, you know, when he goes and, and, and does his, at the end of the game, where he just goes, throws his fist up in the air three times to the fans for the passion, that brings goosebumps on my arms every time he does that, because that, that shows what this club means to, to the chap and hence why he signed a, a, a one-year extension to his contract. Yeah, you can tell it does. And I do genuinely think it does mean a lot to him as well. You can tell he loves the club. He's closer to home. You can see his kids. You know, I think he's really embedded himself in Wrexham culture, even even as far as saying that he's available for Wales, which would be 
quite something, wouldn't it, Bill? I did actually see, uh, well, maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me, but I am pretty certain I saw somebody in Bellevue Park uh, yesterday or the day before with a Wales top with Mullin 10 on the back. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like to, to, that's pretty dedicated by that that bloke whoever's done that fair play. But he, he's spot on. He's gonna he's gonna become a cult icon. He is a cult icon already. He only has to stay another year to be to become that sort of have that legendary status. I heard a, a story of a, a wedding at the weekend where half the wet they had a, a local person uh, doing the music for the wedding, and they they'd sung "We've Got Mullin," and half the wedding got up. <laughs> ran straight to the dance floor and started chanting along with the bloke who was singing it. So, I mean, that doesn't happen every every year, does it, and so for every player. And that we've got Mullin chant really carried us through the not-so-great parts of last season, uh, at the start of the season, where it was a bit shaky to start off with, when, we, when the team was getting used to each other. And it is a real iconic chant, isn't it? I think we will be singing for years and years. And, um yeah. I'm just overjoyed that he'll be staying for at least one more year. And there's also been other, probably in my opinion, the biggest news that we could have had throughout the summer. It's not a signing, but it feels like a signing is now we are able to sign players whenever we want. Well, on a level playing field with the rest of the National League, which for the last two seasons has really, really annoyed me at times when other teams can strengthen and we can't. Neil, this is huge news, isn't it? Absolutely massive. You know, I think that maybe cost us promotion last season. Maybe cost, you know, when we had the injuries with uh, Hayden getting injured, you know, it would have been great to bring somebody else in. Um, yeah, we, we stuck with what we had, basically, and so unfair that other clubs could bring players in, even on loan, you know. Um, so, yeah, it should make a big contribution to our season. As the season moves on, you may need to bring in a few players, you know, and, and we'll have the the capability of doing that this season, just to strengthen the squad and and just, you know, add a bit of extra zest to the squad when we yeah. need it. Uh, it's, it's been very unkind to us, which I, th- I think the biggest time I think it's been unkind to us, that rule, is when two seasons ago, through the lockdown season, when we literally ran out of strikers, and, you know, that season in particular, I think we could have made the playoffs if we could have signed two strikers who weren't free agents. So, yeah, I think this has come at a brilliant time for us, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, I think that's a really good point. People forget that. But, uh, yeah, if you remember, we had uh, Kwame injured, Ponticelli injured, and we ended up having to draft in uh, Marsh Brown and Omotayo and Sang, didn't we? Because they because they were out of contract and hadn't played at the requisite level since January. And not only that, if you think back to deadline day at the end of January that season, Flynn, Keats made his only two signings uh, of that window um, because the new owners were able, as a sort of emergency push to get him some cash. Um, And so we brought in Tyler French and Dior Angus. But if, if they'd been able to give him money Later on, he would have not only resolved that problem you're talking about, but he also might have genuinely pumped up a squad, which it must be remembered, only missed out narrowly on the last day from getting into the playoffs. You know, they were up in the playoffs pretty much all season. So that was a real possibility for for us, which didn't happen because we were on an uneven playing field. And now on will not happen. It's just absolutely brilliant. Things seem to be falling into place this season, and I really hope it works out for us. 
Yeah, I think it's it's fantastic news. It's been a bit of a weird uh, uh, pre-season online because everyone's panicking because we need to get our signings done before the start of the season. I think all summer, I mean, it's natural at all football clubs, uh, you, you have this. It's not a, a Wrexham only problem, but um, in terms of uh, in the higher divisions, but fans just going absolutely mental. Hey, I've got enough signings yet, and I to- I totally understand it. People want to go up. There's a there's a there's a real like sort of first for us to to do uh, to go one better this year. But this just takes all that pressure off of having to get everything right over the summer, and it allows us to be able to really actually look at where weaker areas are and and let the games unfold and see who comes who comes good and who doesn't come good and where we need to strengthen. It could get to October and we think, right, we need a midfield or a, another striker or whatever it is, and we just go out and, and pinch one off someone. Plus, yeah. there's that. There's also those those players who might be playing in the football league who think they're going to get game time and don't want to move now, who suddenly find themselves out of favour, who whose only move could be to the conference. And and Stockport used that sort of market really well, didn't they? Nick in the likes of Starsevich and you know other players. So. It's it's really positive for us. Yeah, it is. And if there's a a solid old player or a player who is scoring too many goals for a rival club, we've now got the money to poach him off him. So Sparrow, someone like that, <laughs> you're always come to us in October if need be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after this, uh, Mark caught up with Phil Parkinson. At last, he's been on the run for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Harry Lennon, and this is Dragon Heart. Obviously, having a, a decent transfer budget, yeah. it guarantees pressure. It doesn't yeah. guarantee success because no. money can be spent badly. But you've had a good success rate in the players that you've yeah. brought in, um, and it seems to reflect to me a clear vision of exactly how we want to play. We don't, we don't you don't look at a transfer and think, "Oh, that's a surprise." I mean, you always can see how there's a structure that has been from the start and those players fit into it. And I think that's something, that sort of stability that has allowed us to now feel confident at this point. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, it's, it's having a way you want to play in a system and, and being able to adapt within that and getting the players to fit in, but equally getting the right characters and the right people who are going to come on this journey with the club is key. And for every signing we make, you know the work goes into to meeting other players, speaking to other uh, players and agents, and and making sure we select the right characters that are going to add to the ingredients we've already got. And I think that's really key. So as much as the quality on the pitch, it's the the quality of the person and a clear understanding of what they're coming into. You know, the minute a player says to me or an agent says, "Oh, yeah, to come and play in the national league, you have to pay him X," and the first thing is about money then it's you know, very often a no from us because you know, I want to hear the players who are interested in Wrexham as a club, um, the, the ownership, the history of the club, the reasons why this is a special place to play and what an achievement this would be to get the club out of the division. And they're the kind of talks I like to hear. Um, and um, I'm very confident the lads we brought in are all buying into what the club's all about. And that, that does show really a football management is not playing football manager. That somebody like to pluck a player out there, I mean, Paul Mullen, 
yeah. top scorer in the division above, player of the year in the division above, could have stayed two divisions yeah. higher, could have gone for money theoretically, mm-hmm. but by speaking to him, you know he's somebody who, as we saw against Macclesfield, yeah. even in the friendly, would be running back to be defensive runs and yeah. cover constantly rather than putting his ego first. Yeah, I think that's a good example. The um, you know, we just had a chat with the lads today about you know how the team is the most important thing and the selflessness of the individuals within that. And yeah, I think Moles is a good example, really. That you know he's a good player, gets a lot of adulation, but he cares. You know he comes in and trains hard every day, and uh, that reflects in his performances. So we wouldn't be bidding for Malatani, fair enough. I'll, I'll chalk that one <laughs> off. The, uh, <laughs> Uh, the, you said about the special things that make the club special as yeah. well. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been watching Wrexham for a long time. I don't think I've ever seen a bond between the crowd and the players yeah. like we see now. I don't think. Yeah, I think there's a, a twofold thing that you know myself and Steve Parkin are, are very keen to the players to go out into into the community and do things, and I think it's very important as your role as as a player and a manager, etc. Uh, but equally. The affinity between supporters and players comes with what the supporters see on the football pitch. Um, supporters know the players when they're given, they can see when players are given everything. And um, people forgive mistakes, uh, but they want to see people playing with that pride in wearing their Wrexham shirt. And you know, it's so important that we show that um, every time we pull on the shirt. And, and one of the highlights of the season for me was when people saw you on the pitch at Chesterfield as well and I think they understood that because people like little sincere gestures like yeah. that and could read something into it it was spontaneous but yeah. that must have felt good at that moment then No, listen, it, was, it was a big win now and uh, listen, we all care a lot you know, this is our livelihoods we've um, you know, we all got a deep understanding of um, the responsibility that we've got um, here at Wrexham and uh, yeah, I'm enjoying personally the, the challenge um, and looking forward to the season and um, we are I feel well equipped to take on the challenge ahead um, I think the work um, you know when you sign players it's not just say great we brought them in it's then the work to work with them to integrate them into the group both in terms of settling in the area and the understandings on the pitch that work kind of obviously has been going on with the lads who've been here a few weeks but the lads who've just come in we need to work on that, and but I'm confident they'll all be good acquisitions. That's brilliant, Mikey. Thank you. Phil, just a word on uh, Christian, how is he? Um, yeah. A nasty one. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it was, it, it was a blow for, obviously, for him and for us this week because, um, you know, everything was going well and you, you get a hammer blow like that. And, um, you know, I really feel for Christian because it looks like a very serious injury. And, um, yeah, and that's, the, the life of a footballer, you know, one minute everything can be going well, the next minute, you know, one innocuous moment um, can result in a serious problem. So we wish Christian all the best and um, hopefully you know, we'll get him back fit and uh, stronger than he was before. So Mark's the last man standing, as it, as it seems at the moment. Yeah. Is there any, any moves to get somebody else in? Or? Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to bring a goalkeeper in. Um, you know, we've kind of... Well, bring someone in to cover us on the bench for tomorrow. But, you know, we kind of, the Dibs injury happened Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, we'd spent looking at other options. Um, we didn't feel we can get someone in permanently by the weekend or to rush that, we might have been the wrong call. 
for us. So hopefully we can just get through this weekend and then early next week we've, we've got to make a call and make sure the goalkeeping department is strong because it's so important. And um, obviously we've got Rob Layton who's still some time away from coming back as well. Okay, brilliant. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks. Um, colleagues. Hi guys, I'm Dominic Bowes and uh, this is Dragonheart. Great to hear from the boss there. Um, Mark, what do you think about that? Well, I think he speaks very well and something that I was really pleased to hear him talking about was the character of the players that he wants to bring in because obviously with our money, there's a danger that we could attract players down from higher divisions purely because they want a payday. I mean, we are paying fantastic wages, I'm sure, compared to other National League clubs to tempt people down to divisions to come and join us. You, we have to be competitive with other League One clubs or other Freudian slip. Um, but, I mean, it was good to hear him talking about how he was conscious of the danger of people just coming for a payday and that he wanted to look closely into the sort of people that he was bringing in to make sure that he didn't fall into that trap. Which makes me think of what Neil was saying before about Paul Mullen, who... Yeah, okay. I'm sure financially this is a good thing for Mullin to be at Wrexham and, and getting a, an extension. But let's be honest, as Neil said, it's not about that with him, is it? He really loves playing for Wrexham. And if you think about it, you know, and I, I don't mean to be insulting about Cambridge at all. I genuinely don't. Their fans are impressed. The, the Amber Army, they're good. But, you know, now he's playing in front of five-figure crowds pretty much every week. He's got this adulation, like you said, the song all about him. They absolutely worship him. He clearly feeds off it. He loves performing for them. He gets to run up and do the old uh, <laughs> uh, chainsaw at the end with them. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he's loving every second of this. But the crowds of kids outside the ground waiting for Mullin and the rest to come in before the match so they can get selfies and autographs was amazing. Uh, you know, Mullin's a rock star now. Uh, and he wasn't before, uh, and surely you know he loves it, and that's that's the thing, isn't it? Parkinson's retreating people, uh, recruiting people, because they're the sort of people who will rise to this challenge. They'll 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 feel that adulation, and they'll want more of it. Yeah, and it's it's about the character thing is really important because we are such a, in such a unique position as this football club to the point where, yeah, we're getting nearly 10,000 a week. Yeah, the crowds are brilliant, etc. <laughs> the day-to-day stuff. But we have also got things like documentaries. We have now got worldwide fans. And let's be honest, below the championship, we're the, probably the most looked-at club right now, I'd argue. So that's that's a lot of pressure as well, isn't it, Bill? Yeah, a huge amount of pressure. And... Uh... But you've you've got to get characters in who can who can sort of live up to that, and I think we, you know, we'd be criticised for getting players from the league and who played higher up and the money that's being spent. But actually, with the the level of scrutiny that's going on, we need those kind of characters who have that kind of experience. Yeah, just you know, it's it's just interesting to to hear him talking about whether players are, are coming in with the right character, and he's concerned about that, but. I think you need to go and get players from the the league above to be able to deal with the the level of scrutiny that's now coming into the club and 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 have that sort of character to be able to deal with it, whether that's the character they've gained through experience or whether they're just 
somebody like Max Kluwer, who's who's clearly just got a, an old head on on young shoulders. So he's building hell of a squad, isn't he, Neil? Yeah, as I said earlier, you know, I I would like to know how he goes and scrutinises these players, but obviously he's doing a good job because we've got to have the right players coming in, playing in front of big crowds, expectation of not only from the fans at the ground, but the town and a lot of the fans all over the world now, we're expected to get promotion quite easily this season. So he's got to get bringing these strong characters who, who want to come and play for the club and not actually just want to come here for the money and just sit on the bench each week. So, yeah, it's got to be a tough job for him. Exactly, Neil. Um, and yeah, and for every one Wrexham fan who was cheering and, and wanting us to do well, there's also four or five of other clubs to each <laughs> one of those Wrexham fans who want to see us fail. So there's also that pressure too. So and not, not at most of our away games, at most of our away games, for every Wrexham fan, there'll be a half a <laughs> half a Dorking fan. Uh, <laughs> oh, half a Dorking fan would be a dork by definition. I completely no. I am not a Bournemouth fan first, Neil. I'm not. Re- I'm not rinsing into Dawkins. <laughs> I am not rinsing into Dawkins like Oldham to have because yeah. I can't wait for Oldham to beat uh, to lose to Dawkins in a <laughs> couple of weeks' time. Come on, anyway. Uh, anyway, talking <laughs> about pressure. <laughs> talking about pressure. We had we had some pressure put on us last last weekend against Eastleigh. So let's break that down. Let's bring that down. I like it. You're very, you're doing your James Brown style introduction now. I said break it down. <laughs> oh, break, break it down. Oh, it's even more like James Brown. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, right. Playing the music you love. This is Callon FM. Scott Jackson is the ref today. He's still checking his watch. Finally. We get going, the ball's laid back to Bentoza, launching it down the flank, Palmer is after it. And to the near post, it's gone all the way through oh. and Hayden's header, hits a defender, Mullen drives it back oh. in, it ricochets off the line, wow! How did that stay out? I think that was off our own player. Yes. I think you're right. I think you hit O'Connor. Well, Derny's had a long throw on him, it's not him taking it, but it's floated into the near post, how it comes, and he drops it, and it's 1-0 oh, no. to Eastley. He's furious, he thinks he's been fouled. The rest of the Wrexham team, though, are not joining in the protest. It, it looked to me like he just got underneath the ball, to be honest. Yeah, yeah fucked yeah. the ball. And then he pulled at it with one hand. And through his now is backing into Langston, feeding it back. First time crossed by oh. McFadden. Looking for four defender. Heads oh. on And it's headed over the bar. Another incredibly close escape. Harper, the left wing back, diving to try and cover forward. Headed it over his own goalie on target. And it was headed off the line for a corner. Wow. Great cross by McFadden. And worryingly, Tom O'Connor, who took that knock from Cissé, is down. That'd be a shame if he, if he was mm. now injured again. Well, especially after last season. Yeah, I mean, we, we yeah. want to see him making a difference. Maybe it's just a precaution. Yeah. Well, Davis is stripped off. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah, absolutely. So O'Connor has to come off. And Jordan Davis will make his first appearance of the season. Of course, like we said, he's he's been injured. Eastley are on the break here. Everyone's runs offside, which means that McKean can't play a member. That's a lovely little change on the edge of the area. And a through ball puts Abrams after it. Good work by Howard. Just off his line in time to save it his feet. 
Lee Bradbury, the manager, was bouncing up and down. He thought they were in there. Palmer, good layoff. Davis over the top. That's a lovely ball. Mullen, keepers coming. Can oh, Mullen reach it? Not quite. So oh, that was inches short of the perfect pass. The keeper had to come. Mullen stretching to get there ahead of him. Oh, so close. It swung in towards the near post. Palmer, oh. just wide. Oh, he got up so well there, but tried to put it across the keeper inside the far post and didn't get quite, well, got a bit too much on it. Young sweeps in the post. Palmer flicks it on. Oh, just wide. Oh, that was so close. Wrexham are shouting for a penalty because there was a player at the far post trying to get there and he was pulled to the floor. Molyneux was. He's pulled to the floor. He's not getting it. He couldn't get no. to it. The teams are lined up. No changes. Let's see if Wrexham can force a breakthrough. Referee checks his watch. And easily get things underway. Langston overhitting straight out for a throw into Wrexham. Who was Gubbins galloping over the halfway line? Finds Davis on the flank. Lewis carried his run on into the box. Davis now feeds it to the edge of the air. A little bit of space for Mullen. He hits a curl there. Oh, unlucky. Oh, they just gave him that fraction of a second, didn't they? And that was enough. How he managed to get a shot off yeah. like that from the players crowded round him was amazing. Davis, Ford, and Mullen are on it. It's a three man wall. It doesn't seem like a lot. Davis steps up, whips it over the wall. Good, good save. save. Good save. He positioned himself well for that then, didn't he, the keeper? Well, his toes are anyway, another long throw. To the far post, Hayden gets oh. up too early. It's cleared. Young drills oh. it. Huge block in front of the keeper. Young got hold of that one. Terrific block. Was on the halfway line. Young is penalised oh. harshly, I think, there. I gotta be honest, I, I assumed Lee for Jones was the obvious change. Jones has put in a good shift as ever, but when you're looking to open a team up, he's not quite the guile of a player like Lee. Paul Easley tried to play out of trouble, Clueth does well to win it. And now McFadgen shift his play. Can Wrexham find space? Here's Elliott's first touch. He turns, that's not a foul. But Mullins won it back, edge of the D. Takes on the little man, hits a left foot and oh. punches his mind. Unlucky. It was persistent by Mullen more than anything else. Here's Young, stands up the diagonal, looking for McFadgen. Camps underneath it though, heads it clear. And Palmer will make sure it goes out for a throw. Takes it quickly, Young. But Mullen, big run, 30 yards out. Out wide, Lee on the left, cuts inside his man. Then back outside again. Can he deliver the cloud and join? Yes, it's the goal line. Pulls in the cross, oh. no one attack the goal mouth. And Cissé clears. Good round of applause for Lee. Lovely skill by him. McFadden goes on the overlap. Clueth, he says a decoy, oh. great cross. Punched clear spectacularly by McConnell. A good, a good ball in the oh. goal mouth. Hayden with a cheeky back heel to keep the move going. And Lee works it on. Clueth carries it to the edge of the air. gets on his right foot. He'll hit this. He does. It hits Lee. And it's headed clear. Davis, edge of the box, drives on down the left-hand side, hits the goal line, drives it across oh. the face, keeper misses it, it's clear. McFadgen to Lee, edge of the area, hits it, oh. it hits Palmer, and it's sliced away. Goodness me. Wow. Listen to that noise. Wow. You say about the orange wall. Eastley have two men down. The referee says, get up, and Wrexham are continuing to play, and they do get up. Yeah, oh, that's ridiculous. Young carrying it forwards, squares it to Clueth. Listen to this support, it's epic. Clueth again. Ah, oh. Davis overheads his pass. What a shame. Goes out for a throw-in. 
And again, Camp and Harper go down. Let's see how much sympathy the referee has for them. Cleworth works it over to the left-hand side, McFadgen. Leesman, a nice run inside. McFadgen finds him, and he's offering as well. Lee takes it to the corner, turns nicely, gets the penalty area, changes direction again. He's a twisty, turny thing. And then he goes again on his left, then back on his right, stands it up to the far post. Oh! Over by Palmer. Oh, that was lovely stuff from Lee. Old-fashioned wing play. Yeah. But Palmer... Should hit the target there, six yards out. He looks one tricky customer, Elliot Lee. I really <laughs> like the impact yeah. he's made in this game so far. Headed away by McFadgen. Davis thumps it over his head towards the halfway line. Good strength by Lee. It's great confusion. Palmer wins Get it down the halfway line. Oh. Lee's made a run for it. He just couldn't bring the ball down under control. Then the big barrier of Cissé was in his face. But he did well to keep possession. Lee to McFadgen. Good ball to Palmer, left-hand side. Two men at the far post. Palmer is taking on his man. Couple of step overs. That's nice. Back heels it. Lee hits it. Yeah! Yeah! What a goal! What a goal! What a goal! That was class. Elliot Lee on his debut. There's your end product. What a goal! Wow! Wow! That was proper Harlem Globetrotter stuff. Palmer gets down the halfway line, turns, and tries driving down the left-hand side, trying to commit camp. He's not got much support. Mullins inside him. Palmer keeps going in. He's still fighting away. Great work by Palmer. Back to Davis. We're actually going to switch now. Davis to Young. Young wants to get it wide. Hayden on the right. Helps it on to Ford, but easily got behind the ball now. Ford, 30 yards out, inside to Young. Such space in the middle of the pitch. Easley just sitting in the area. It's helped on to Cleworth. The crowd want him to shoot. Yeah, he shot. helps it onto the edge of the area. Mullen helps it in. Lee, six yards out, hits it. Elliot Lee! What a man! What a man! Lovely ball by Mullen! Elliot Lee! Hits another! Oh! And I'm starting to think that there is a god! Wow! But his name is Elliot Lee! He's. He's a player. He's, he's a real player. He is, isn't wow. he? <laughs> what a good ball by Mullen. Yeah, he yeah. kept his cool. Fed a lovely pinpoint ball in and Lee back to goal. Twisted and turning again and drilling it in. It was a good move by Wrexham. They drew easily across. They've been doing it all game. Switched it over. And when you look up irony in the dictionary, you'll see just a picture of Ollie Palmer very slowly walking from yeah. the corner flag. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Easily and ready to go. It, it's our turn now. Yeah. Playing the music you love. This is Callon FM. Well, Eastley versus Wrexham, probably not the most spectacular games in many ways, but I thought, you know, I think we played very well. We were the dominant side, but for me, it was the Red Dragons trying to break down that orange wall for most of the game, it was one frustrating affair for everyone watching. But I thought we played all right. Neil, what was your assessment of the game? Yeah, like you, I, I thought we played okay. You know, we went, we went brilliant. Um, and they came here with a game plan. Their game plan worked very well to frustrate us. Um, waste as much time. The referee on their side as well for a lot of the game. And they scored that crucial goal from a... Unfortunately, a mistake by our keeper, but uh, to make it one nil. But uh, 
obviously, as you guys know, the game changed when we, we brought on Lee in the second half and he scored two great goals to, to win it for Wrexham. I don't think that Wrexham deserved anything less than the three points. Yeah, that's perfectly broke down. That's the end of the podcast, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't have put that any better myself, Neil. We, you know, easily came here with a game plan, put 11 men behind the ball and don't lose. And that that's what happened. And I think us going 1-0 down, no, I think the team that got the first goal, it would have been crucial, wouldn't it, Mark? If we would have got the first goal early on like they did, I think we probably would have gone on to win three or four nil. But the fact that we had to chase the the game made it a lot tougher for us. Yeah, we were in control when it was nil nil, and you just it just felt like it was going to be a routine win. And that goal just changes matters and inspires the defensive side, doesn't it? Um, and then, like I said, I, I think Neil summed that up perfectly. You could do it again in Welsh for us if you want, you know, just to uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we want to fill a bit of time. I love it's, it's interesting because of course Neil does the Quivan Tevenol. Um, after every match, and from listening to it, that the main thing I've learned about Welsh is that the Welsh for Paul Mullen is Super Paul Mullen. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the phrase he always uses in translation. Um, but yeah, I, 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 every, I, I've seen a lot of people talking about how oh, we'll have to have this. A lot of teams will do this to us this season. I mean, a lot of teams probably came with the same sort of mentality last season, but if we get the first goal, that's all up in smoke. And the thing is that I think we're well equipped to break down teams who do that sort of thing. Partly because we have players like Davis and Young who can belt the ball from distance. So teams try to defend deep and pack their penalty area and, and as you say, make the orange wall. Then we've got players who can pierce that wall from long distance. And so if they come out to meet those players, then we can play it in behind because they're no longer back in the box. So we have those problems that we present. We have Palmer. And Palmer is useful in those sort of situations because he can win headers. If you're defending too deep, all right, you might you might be very good defensively. You might have centre-backs who are excellent in the air, but so is Palmer. And there's always a danger that you're going to lose a header to him and because you're defending deep, that then becomes a great chance. Likewise, we are really, really good on set pieces. I mean, Luke Young's delivery on Saturday was absolutely fabulous. We all know Toza's long throws cause mayhem. So, you know, again, you're inviting problems against the team that tends to cash in on set pieces. And then we saw on Saturday, of course, didn't we, Bill? That we've also got a bloke with a bit of X factor who can just come on and open up a defensive skill. Yeah, he was uh, he was fantastic, wasn't he? I mean, it's it, you you've gotta you've gotta stop yourself from getting excited, but I think we're in uh very exciting or should we say wreck exciting times at the moment and uh <laughs> you look oh. like you've just had a bite of that orange wall then, Che, the, from the peel, oh. <laughs> the cringe on your face. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> no, he's he's he, he looks uh, he looks real, real genuine quality, and he should. There's if he can perform like that week in week out, he should not be playing in this league at all. Simple as that. It's not. It's not fair. It's. It, it, I was saying to to some of my mates actually when we finished the game. Uh, it almost yeah. felt weird because it felt like we were cheating. Mm. We won by cheating by bringing on someone who was just just better. No, <laughs> it was just class play. It was just the pass by Mullen to him, and he just turned and hit it. And mm. you know, no, of course, I just just it, it's, 
he that that was that was one of the first times that I've really felt like it, unfair isn't the right word because we've had the likes of Salford and everyone in this league doing the same sort of thing as well. But he's just he's just better. He's just better. <laughs> really, yeah. is just better. And in terms of breaking those stubborn defenses down, I, I loved how when he came on, you could see he was on the same wavelength as other creative players, Palmer. And Mullen in particular seemed to just love interacting with him. Like Neil said, it was a nice little pass by Mullen, just to you know to pierce that defence and and put Lee in a position where he could beat his man and score. And then I thought Palmer's assist for Lee's first goal was brilliant. Yeah. The way he well, the first thing just the way he just went galumphing down the wing and nobody could get the ball off him. Uh, but then his little delicate back heel was just perfect, and the weight on it was so perfect that that Lee was able to do the thing which made it a goal, which was take it first time, because the keeper clearly wasn't set. He wasn't expecting that. National League players don't finish like that. But, you know, that back heel just rolled it on his right foot and just invited him to do that. Uh, And that's, in a way, I enjoyed that as much as Lee's clear capacity to turn and win matches, that he was on the same wavelength as these other high-quality players that we've got. And, uh, you know, he can take advantage of it. I, I I just want to say quickly, and I sounds daft this, but I put I suppose it, it, it maybe it does a job of putting you in the position of that Eastleigh keeper. When I watched back home that goal for the first time, I didn't see it coming, even though I knew it was coming. Yeah. I, 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 I when Palmer has it, and then he's done the unexpected back heel, and then all of a sudden it's in the net. You know the keeper's not set himself because, oh, this is just some national league players going down the side. They'll try and get to the touchline. They'll park it around a bit more. Maybe somebody will lift it in the box. And then suddenly it's gone past him. It was just brilliant awareness. But Palmer's got the awareness that Lee could do something like that as well. Mullen with that quality of weight on his pass. You get into a point where you've got these quality players who can weigh their passes, who can see those passes, and that will damage teams. I, I always used to feel, and this is going to be an odd name to throw out there in the middle of all this, I always used to feel that Johnny Hunt, when we played him up front, which is a rhyme. I just, I'm just i going to go off and write a limerick in a minute. Um, but he, his movement, actually, I thought was really good. And that was why, if you think about it, he was top scorer one season. I didn't think he had any great striking qualities. He was a decent finisher, but he had really good movements. And the movement, number of times you'd see him make little runs and other people hadn't seen it. But the likes of Morel and Ormerod would see them and would feed him. Uh, and and I, I feel like, now, and you could go back for a few years probably and name players like that, but now we've got a number of players who are on that wavelength. They know where Lee or Mullen or Palmer are going, and that's exciting. I suppose the other way around looking at it is Mike Fondop, isn't it? I always, I always remember Mike Fondop when the goals started to dry up. Um, uh, Maguire Drew played a ball down the line for him because Maguire Drew went to an academy and he knows that while I get the ball in this situation on the flank, my striker is making that run to stretch the defence so I can either play him in or I can look up and see if anyone's run into the space he's made. And so he automatically took a touch, knocked it down the line, and Fondop was standing on the centre circle with his hands on his hips, just staring at him. And <laughs> Maguire Drew was so angry because Fondop was just like a force of nature, but untutored, wasn't he? He had the strength and ability to get past people and cause problems, but he didn't really know how he was doing it. Um, whereas Maguire Drew had some failings, but he he also had that 
football education and that Nausen technique. Well, now we've got the whole front line like that and the midfield. And that excites me that these players know what the other players are liable to do, that they've all had the same type of training. Uh, I think Parkinson's good on Collier's Park. I, I feel you can see structure, passing structure coming out when they get the ball. And um, that's why I'm quite optimistic, to be honest, about this season. Yeah, I, I'm really optimistic about Elliot Lee. Like, the one thing that really impressed me is he constantly wanted the ball. He constantly had his hands pointing to his feet when everyone else, anyone else had the ball. And I, I think that's exciting, isn't it? And then, as I said, and you said in commentary, I think, Mark, that you're a bit more sceptical of the flashier players because they, they do things that look... It's all style, no substance for a lot of players at this level. We're used to seeing that, aren't we? You know, the, the fancy flicks that he did, but he has substance as well from the looks of things. And if he can carry on playing like that, even 80% of the time or 70% of the time, we're going to do pretty well this season. Uh, <laughs> any other notable performances, Bill? Um, I think uh, Matt's clue have had a really good game. Um, I think the no, notable, but maybe not necessarily for the the right reasons, was the first goal, wasn't it? For Mark Howard, I felt a little bit sorry for him. It's, he's maybe not had as much time as as you'd want in pre season to get used to the defenses in front of him. Uh, not that he came in particularly late, but we just maybe didn't have a, a, a huge amount of games, which just happens sometimes. It's it, he's going to need some time to settle in, but. Uh, yeah, I think I think overall it was quite it was quite a good set of performances without being great for most of the players. What do you think, Neil? Yeah, I totally agree with you. You know, Palmer could have had maybe three. He missed three headers, which we could have scored, but you know, obviously didn't. Uh, I thought Luke Young as ever is always solid. Clareth had a great game. Um, Mullard was demanding the, the ball, but I think he was maybe a little bit off on his game on Saturday. Um, but yeah, all all in all, I thought you know we had we had a a good workout on Saturday, and, and Eastley always give us a tough game. They always come there with a game plan. Um, you know, we got Mendy. We didn't see a lot of him on on Saturday. He came on for a little while, but you know, he looks a big, strong player, and, and he can come on whenever needed as well. Maybe to bolster up the midfield or, or defence. But yeah, a big lad. So yeah, I'm very optimistic for you know for the future. I think you know next two games away from home are quite winnable. Yeah. Um... Exactly, and uh, I'd like to say just reiterate about the Mark Howard situation. Yeah, I think a lot of fans got over nervous, but forget about it now. It's happened. We won the game. He didn't really make any more clear. We made he didn't make any. Yeah, sorry, didn't make any more real clear mistakes after that. You know, he's made the mistake. He's a goalkeeper. The worst thing we can do now is get on is back or show nervous energy about around him. He's a very experienced goalkeeper. He's to a high standard. So let's give him a bit of time to get used to the league. And as yeah, you were saying... It definitely needs a bit of, bit of time. I thought his full distribution occasion was a bit poor. But again, that's to get used to the fence and, and the rest of the players. But, you know, it'll come in time. Yeah, it will come in time. So, yeah, as Neil said, the next two games... Neil thinks the next two games are winnable. Let's let, After this, let's talk about it. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragonheart. Well, next two games, two huge games. Our first game on the road. First of all, Yeovil. It's a long trip trip down south. 
about five hours, I think, me and Bill are going. Uh, it's going to be my longest ever away day, but I am looking forward to it. But Mark, what do you know about Yeovil? Well, they lost on Saturday, and they didn't look that great, really. Um, they lost two old, at Scunthorpe. Our old mate Jamie Record scored as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and it was quite interesting. They played three at the back, and he was really getting quite high up the pitch. From early on, he was getting in the six-yard box when crosses came in from the other side. He, he was more progressive than the other wing-back. I got to say that their attack, uh, you know, dangerous thing to say, I admit, looked a little blunt. I wasn't, you know, they, they got a big lads and a quick lads, and I didn't see much in them that I thought would really trouble us. You got the back three, and then that big, bald lad, Staunton, who's a good, destructive player, sitting in front of them, and you sort of wondered whether it was a bit too safety first. And anyway, despite that, um, Scunthorpe got quite a lot of crosses into their box, and Scunthorpe got a lot, a lot of headers in on goal as well. So they didn't, despite having three centre-backs in there, and Staunton, they didn't deal with crosses that well. And Scunthorpe were the better side, so... Yeah, I, I well, let's just say I didn't see much to, to frighten me. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, what well, anything to add there, Bill? Uh that that's got two two nil Yeovil written all over it now. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <definitely. laughs> yeah. No well, um my my sort of my thing that I'm wondering about, other than how much the pints cost in Yeovil, is uh uh, are we going to rotate? So we've got two games coming up now, and we've we've finally got real squad depth across the board. It's very early in the season, so I don't think it's like a, a it will be like a fitness related thing. But do we do we have a go at playing Mendy for this game? Do we give uh any of the players a, a go in what may be the weaker of the two fi- fixtures when you'd think that. You know, going from last year, Chesterfield are going to be the ones that that we maybe might struggle a little bit more against, especially at their place. Uh, what well, I don't know what you guys think. Well, I think also you got to think about the conditions this weekend as well. It's going to be very hot, mm. so maybe and and the conditions next Tuesday we're in for a bit of a heat wave. There could we it looks like we should be probably doing some sort of rotation, in my opinion. But this Saturday, I think we start with the same team that we started with against Eastleigh to keep that momentum running. And I think it's the type of thing Parky would do as well, is keep the same squad. What about you, Neil? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, Che. I think we should uh, start with the same squad we started with on Saturday and see how we get along. You know, if we're winning comfortably, then, you know, you take some of your better players off and bring in, bring in on, on your subs. And alternatively, if we're losing, you know, we do exactly the same thing. But I... I, I Seriously, think you should start with the same team. Um, depending on the injury to our midfielder, what I can't remember his name. O'Connor. Sorry, yeah, O'Connor. How how bad his injury was. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That the, the first question is how fit is O'Connor? It was precautionary. It seems he felt an injury and came off before it got worse. But it wasn't the knock that I thought it was because he was hit by Cisse, that huge big lump of a defensive midfielder. But it seems it wasn't that. It was muscular. So he came off because he felt the muscle pulling. So let's hope he came off, gets treated, and he's all right. But yeah, so it, it could be he's available, maybe not. I mean, my other thing is that Davis, who I thought was excellent when he came on, and Lee, who also was all right, you know. Um, <laughs> you know, they both were on the bench because they'd missed games in the warm-up, in the preseason and lacked pitch time. 
so I, I, would we now argue they've made it? Well, Davis, certainly, if, if match fitness is not an issue, because look how sharp he was. Lee's had a shorter spell, but still a very influential one. I will be interested to see what he does there. I wouldn't be amazed to see Lee on the bench, and I'd be quite interested to see the, <laughs> the Wrexham fans' reaction, I think, would be extremely negative. So um, I, I would hope that we would then win <laughs> to make it justified. But I, like you're right, the Heat, um, the Chesterfield game coming up, we do have a squad now. I don't think he'll rotate heavily, but I think that he will... Yeah, he, he may look at a couple of tweaks in midfield, I think. Yeah, whether he brings Davis on for James Jones or for Jones, I'm not sure, you know. I mean, young anchors and then... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, Jones is ludicrously fit. And in that Nantwich game, with a similar heat, and he just wouldn't stop running. Well, I mean, he never does, does he? But it didn't make any difference to him. So it may be, I don't know. Does that mean he's a good man for the heat? Because he'll keep going? Or, or does it mean we might overheat, overheat him? I don't know. Mm. Um, I think Jones could be very useful in these that sort of match because if other players are trying to measure their efforts, he doesn't seem to have any other level apart from just charging around. <laughs> so, so all right then. For Yeovil, I'm assuming we're keeping the same defence, yeah, same strikers, same keeper, obviously. Mm-hmm. Who are your free midfield, Mark? Young, Davis, Jones, I think. Bill? I think the same as long as fitness levels are, uh, uh, you know, at the, the place that we want them to be. I think if, if O'Connor is, was just a precaution and he's available, I think you play him instead of Davis and then bring Davis and Leon a bit later. Neil. I would more like keep him, you know, O'Connor, if he, if he is, you know, if he, even if he is match fit, Maybe keep him in the bag for for next Tuesday with Chesterfield, and possibly play Davis, you know, and then maybe bring Mende on, you know. So yeah, that that would be my only only change. I'd I'd go either if O'Connor's fit, I'd play O'Connor, but if not, I'd go Davis Jones Young like last season. I mean, thus far, I would say that Parkinson hasn't really rotated much. He's rested players for specific reasons like Palmer and Mullin at Notts County in the trophy, but he hasn't really actually rotated the squad. Now, maybe because he felt he couldn't because he didn't have enough of a squad, and now he does. So this could be an interesting insight into how he plans things, couldn't it? Does he look... Yeah. I mean, if you take Chesterfield out of the equation, there is no need to rotate anybody. As we've had a week off, there's no need. But if you add Chesterfield to the equation, and that's going to be a big statement match, isn't it? Then does he think... You know, Lee is a big match player. You know, I'll make sure he's got 90 minutes in him then. I don't know. And talking, yeah, talking to Chesterfield, let's get on to them. They've just come off a quite a shocking, not, I wouldn't say shocking, but cause I've not really seen much of Dorking. I don't know what they're, they're like, but a 2-2 draw away from home against Dorking, that's not the greatest of starts, is it, Mark? No. And, you know, you certainly shouldn't underestimate Dorking. They're, they're in our division on merits, and I think they'll, they'll be okay this season. But, uh, yeah, it was it's not great for Chesterfield, a side that I certainly have ambitions to uh, to be up at the top end of the table. They did have two players sent off. Now, admittedly, one of them was in added time. <clears throat> but, again, you know, 
you having to time waste at the end of, of this match, which they would have been anticipating winning. But the, the big one, of course, is that Kovalan, the goalkeeper, got sent off. Three-match ban. So he's banned for the Wrexham game. And they have no other goalkeeper at the moment. Now, by the time we, they play on Saturday, they will have another goalkeeper, won't they? They, they, they've got well, they've got to, haven't they? Got to, but it's going to be very rushed, though, isn't it, Mark? You get to keep yeah. you know, and pitch in very quickly, mm. and then Wrexham on Tuesday. And the thing is, they were two 0 up against Dorking as well. Even they even went down to ten men and scored <laughs> a second goal, and they they threw away a two 0 lead. You know? Oh yeah, I, I I'd be concerned if I was them. Also, like you say, they're rushing into it, just like Phil Parkinson just said that he wouldn't with our goalkeeper situation. That he was going to get a temporary keeper in and then take his time picking a, a long-term second choice keeper. But they can't have that luxury. They're going to have to grab someone and throw them in to two matches. If he has a stinker on Saturday for Chesterfield, what do they do for us then? So it's quite fun. I've got a plan, which I suppose I shouldn't tell you because then it can't work. It won't be a but, plan anymore. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, it'll still be a plan, but it'll be, in, it'll be a plan that probably won't work. I was thinking of... I mean, is it these days, you know, with the internet and that, is it still illegal to bug people's phones and offices? I would argue not. <laughs> you know, go down the whole infinity plastic suite and bug Paul Cook's office at Chesterfield, <clears throat> find out which goalkeepers he's looking to bring in, and then buy them. Because you <laughs> care about transfers anymore. And then every Put doubt in my mind, just say we're interested, Mark. That's all we need to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to buy them. We just need to phone them and say, look, we're looking at bringing you to Wrexham. <laughs> don't go to Chesterfield yeah. and leave it at that. Exactly. And then they end up playing, I don't know, me in goal. Exactly. <laughs> Probably have the game I... in my life as well, nightmare. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. I'll play, I'll play in goal for them if, they need, if needs be. <laughs> be all right, wouldn't it? I reckon. Oh, they must have a youth player or a winger that they could stick in goal. Don't worry. Oh, well, yeah, exactly. If they sign you, Mark, you'd end up keeping a clean sheet. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's inevitable. <laughs> I am the cat. <laughs> but, yeah, there, there, the is, show. <laughs> they're a strange side, um, Chesterfield, at the moment. I think with who they brought in over the summer, you know, people like that Gayasi who played for, who was at Dover last mm-hmm. season, they've signed. He looked great against us, but... It's a bit of a, they've made some risky signings from leagues below. Could mm. this be the perfect time to play him? Because they're there, they've made a lot of new signings. It's God given time to gel. Is this, and we, we, we're quite an established side now, except for the odd places here and there. Mark, you think this is a good time to play him? I think theoretically, yeah. And also, <clears throat> sorry, also Yeovil have made quite a few signings in the summer. So theoretically, it could be a good time to play them too. Whereas, like you say, we're quite settled. We have a clear style of play. Um, yeah, I, 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 I've I, got to be frank and say that Paul Cook, I think, is a very good manager. Mm. So I assume that he's, you know, recruited recruited well. But I, I've got to be honest, on paper, the players he's brought in don't look that exciting to me. So I wonder whether... If it wasn't... Let me put it this way. If it wasn't him, a manager who's consistently done well... I would be looking at some of the players he's brought in and feeling a bit a bit dubious. Let's put it that way. Well, it's, 
it's going to be very interesting to see. So after this, we're going to wrap up the show with little bits and bobs. I'm Jake Hyde, and this is Dragonheart. Well, yeah, Wrexham are on the road for the first time this season. Me and Bill are braving the journey down. Bill, what are you looking forward to the most about the, the coach journey? Um, oh, probably the uh, game of Mario Kart we're going to have all the way down, uh, trying to pretend that we're moving as fast as the karts. On, on the switch <laughs> um no it's it's I, the journey there is not too bad the the journey back is always dependent on the result isn't it so hopefully we'll be coming back singing super paul mullin and all that jazz uh what, what about you che what are you looking forward to <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry guys we're just trying to fill a couple minutes uh, yeah. <laughs> no but yeah, i, I, I just... care about quality broadcasting <laughs> <laughs> I would advise any fans planning to travel down on Saturday, please give yourself plenty of time because obviously we still are still in the you know the middle of the summer holidays and there's lots of traffic on the roads. So, uh, like myself, I'm I'm hoping to get up to the game from I'm in Cornwall at the moment, so I'm hoping we'll travel up on, on Saturday morning up to Yeovil, but even there it's gonna take me a good three or four hours to get just from down here. So so yeah, take plenty of time to get to the game, guys, uh, and girls, sorry, and uh, enjoy your day out. Yeah, bring plenty of sun cream as well because there's no roof on the on the oval stand, one of the oval stands. So don't drink too much because the you know the sun and the beer and what have you. But yeah, get get one of these on the go, I reckon as yeah. well. well look, look, has. Have you got a speed hat as well? Uh, I haven't got a speed hat. No, although that is a fantastic pun. Thank you very much. All week. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, bring lots, take lots of water as well. Don't take gloves because they make them in Yeovil, don't they? Apparently, it's going to be a yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to getting off the bus, having a couple pints, enjoying the game. Hopefully, a another successful Wrexham away day. Our away form was pretty good for the most part last season. Let's hope we can carry it on. So yeah, this has been Neil. What's the Mind Limerick. Oh, go on, go for your limerick then. <laughs> yeah, go for the limerick. Uh, there once was a lad called John Hunt who excelled when chosen up front. He scored goals for fun if Brett spotted his run. If not, he was poor, to be blunt. Thank very good, Mark. Thank you very much. Next time, I'll do a long diet. <laughs> right. Uh, can I just say as well, it, it's lovely to see that. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Callon, because I, I, I love you guys. But clearly, we are now ready to make that step up to the BBC because there's balance, isn't there? The BBC, if, if they give one opinion, they have to give the opposite. So, say, on question time, if they're going to have sane people on it, they've got to have extreme right-wing nutjobs on it as well, for example. But I, I'd just like to say it was brilliant there how the longs really balanced out that because Bill said, be careful out there. Uh, if you go to Yeovil, it's going to be really hot. You could get dehydrated. Don't drink too much. And then Che immediately says, first thing I'm going to do when I get off the bus, I'm going to get into that pub. I'm going to get a few beers in me. And <laughs> thought, That's the sort of balance 
that makes this a quality broadcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, all we ask for is a decent, fair referee on Saturday as well, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, Neil, the referee was balanced, wasn't he, on last Saturday? Because he was um, unbalanced. And then I think he cottoned on what Eastley were up to in the second half and, and clamped down on them. So, yeah. I, I, I love the little caption where Paul Mullin asked him to, he, he pretended to have cramp and he was there <laughs> actually <laughs> holding his leg out and he, and he said to me to the lines, you know, there's nothing wrong with me, Mitt Ref, but I'm just getting my own back, you know. <laughs> well, they were both laughing away, and I, I really think, yeah, I, I think he, he, I think I was saying this in the podcast. I think Eastley made a bit of a mug of it in the first half, and I think he realised. And I think in the second half, well, he didn't let any physios on for them at all. Uh, they were going down like flies. He was running across saying, "Get up," and leaving them there. And then at the end, he has it on four minutes. And really, I mean, that second half, think about it. How yeah, just four minutes. Fair referee half? on Saturday, and I'm sure we'll have a Wrexham win as well. So comfortably on Saturday. A fair referee and a reasonable price of a pint. That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> of what? <laughs> of points as well, Chief. I'm really going to say something back to that. Uh, just, just be careful out there, please. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enjoy yourselves, everybody. This has been Dragonheart. Rexon's heartbeat. This is Calon FM.